Leviticus chapter 1 to chapter 317. The, the Lord called Moses from the tabernacle and said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you present an animal as an offering to the Lord, you may take it from your herd of cattle or your flock of sheep and goats. If the animal you present as a burnt offering is from the herd, it must be a male with no defects. Bring it to the entrance of the tabernacle so you may be accepted by the Lord. Lay your hand on the animal's head and the Lord will accept its death in your place to purify you, making you right with him. Then slaughter the young bull in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's son, the priest, will present the animal's blood by splattering it against all the sides of the altar that stand at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then skin the animal and cut it into pieces. The sons of Aaron, the priest, will build a wood fire on the altar. They will arrange the pieces of the offering including the head and fat and the wood burning on the altar but the eternal organs and the legs must be first washed with water then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering it is a special gift a pleasing aroma to the Lord if the animal you present as a burning offering is from the flock it may be either a sheep or a goat but it must be a male with no defects. Slaughter the animal on the north side of the altar in the Lord's presence, and Aaron's sons, the priests, will splatter his blood against all sides of the altar. Then cut the animal in pieces, and the priests will arrange the pieces of the offering, including the head and fat on the wood burning on the altar. But the internal organs and the legs must first be washed with water. Then the priest will burn the entire sacrifice on the altar as a burnt offering. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If you present a bird as a burnt offering to the Lord, choose either a turtle dove or a young pigeon. The priest will take the bird to the altar, wring off its head, and burn it on the altar. But first he must drain its blood against the side of the altar. The priest must also remove the crop and the feathers and throw them in the ashes on the east side of the altar. Then grasp the bird by its wings. The priest will tear the bird open, but without tearing it apart. Then he will burn it as a burnt offering on the wood burning on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. When you present grain as an offering to the Lord, the offering must be consist of choice flour you are to pour olive oil on it, sprinkle it with frankincense, and bring it to Aaron's sons, the priest. The priest will scoop out a handful of flour, moisten with oil, together with all the frankincense, and burn this representative portion on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons. The offering will be considered the most holy part of the special gift presented to the Lord. If your offering is a grain offering, bake it in the oven. It must be made of choice flour, but without any yeast. It may be, it may be presented in the form of thin cakes mixed with olive oil or wafers spread with olive oil. 
If your grain offering is cooked on a griddle, it must be made of choice flour mixed with olive oil, but without any yeast. Break it in pieces and pour olive oil on it. It is a grain offering. If your grain offering is prepared in a pan, it must be made of choice flour and olive oil. No matter how a grain offering for the Lord has been prepared, bring it to the priest who will present it at the altar. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain offering and burn it on the altar. It is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. The rest of the grain offering will then be given to Aaron and his sons as their food. This offering will be considered the a most holy part of the special gifts presented to the Lord. Do not use yeast in preparing any of the grain offerings you, you present to the Lord, because no yeast or honey may be burned as a special gift presented to the Lord. You may add yeast and honey to an offering of the first crops of your harvest, but these must never be offered on the altar as a pleasing aroma to the Lord. Season all your grain offerings with salt, to remind you of God's eternal covenant. Never forget to add salt to your grain offerings. If you present a grain offering to the Lord from the first portion of your harvest, bring fresh grain that is coarsely grounded and roasted on a fire. Put olive oil on the grain offering and sprinkle it with frankincense. The priest will take a representative portion of the grain moistened with oil together with all the frankincense and burn it as a special gift presented to the Lord. If you present an animal from the herd as a peace offering to the Lord, it may be male or female, but it must have no defects. Lay your hand on the animal's head and slaughter it at the entrance of the tabernacle. Then Aaron's son, the priest, will splatter his blood against all sides of the altar. The priest must present part of this peace offering as a special gift to the Lord. This includes all the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys, and the fat around them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. These must be removed with the kidneys, and Aaron's sons will burn them on top of the burnt offerings. On the wood burning on the altar, it is a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. If you present an animal from the flock as a peace offering to the Lord, it may be a male or female, but it must not have no defects. If you present a sheep as your offering, bring it to the Lord. Lay your hand on his head and slaughter it from in front of the tabernacle. Aaron's son will then splatter the sheep's blood against all sides of the altar. The priest must present the fat of this peace offering as a specific gift to the Lord. This includes the fat on the broad tail cut off near to the backbone. All the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys, and the fat around them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. These must be removed with the kidneys, and the priest will burn them on the altar. It is a special gift of food presented to the Lord. If you present a goat as your offering, bring it to the Lord. Lay your hand on his head and slaughter it in front of the tabernacle. Aaron's son will then splatter the goat's blood against all sides of the altar. The priest must present part of this offering as a special gift to the Lord. This includes all the fat around the eternal organs, the two kidneys and the fat around them near the loins, and the long lobe of the liver. 
there must be these must be removed with the kidneys and the priest will burn them on the altar it is a special gift of food a pleasing aroma to the Lord all the fat belongs to the Lord you must never eat any fat or blood this is a permanent law for you and it must be observed from generation to generation wherever you live Mark 1 12 after Jesus left the synagogue with James and John after Jesus left the synagogue with James and John they went to Simon and Andrew's home now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed this is Mark 1 12 with a high fever then Jesus they told Jesus about her right away so he went to her bedside took her by the hand and helped her sit up then the fever left her and she prepared a meal for them that evening after sunset many sick and demon possessed people were brought to Jesus the whole town gathered at the door to watch so Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons but because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, Everyone is looking for you. But Jesus replied, We must go on to other towns as well, and I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. <clears throat> A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus, begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. He said, Move with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. He said, Be healed. Instantly the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning. Don't tell anyone about it. This, Instead, go to the priest. Let him examine you. Take along the offering required in the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you have been cleansed. But the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. As a result, large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. He had to stay out in the secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room. Even outside the door, while he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head, and they lowered the man on his mat right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? 
Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven? Or stand up, pick up your mat, and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, We never seen anything like this before. Amen. Praying the Psalm. Praise the Lord for declaring you not guilty. Rejoice that He defends you, which will bring about your victory. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord declaring you not guilty. Rejoice that He defends you, which will bring about your victory. Hallelujah. Psalms 35, 17-28 How long, O Lord, will you look on and do nothing? Rescue me from the fiery attacks. Protect my life from these lions. Then I will thank you in front of the great assembly. I will praise you before all the people. Don't let my treacherous enemies rejoice over my defeat. Don't let those who hate me without cause gloat over my sorrow. They don't take, they don't talk of peace. They plot against innocent people who mind their own businesses. They shout, aha, aha, with our own eyes. We saw him do it. Oh Lord, you know all about this. Do not stay silent. Do not abandon me now, O oh Lord. Wake up, rise up to my defense, take up my case, my God and my Lord. Declare me not guilty, O oh Lord my God, for you give justice. Don't let my enemies laugh about me in my troubles. Don't let them say, look, we got what we wanted. Now we will eat him alive. May those who rejoice at my troubles be humiliated and disgraced. May those who triumph over me be covered with shame and dishonor, but give great joy to those who came to my defense. Let them continually say, Great is the Lord who delights in blessing his servant with peace. Then I will proclaim your justice, and I will praise you all the day long. Amen. Proverbs 9, 13 and 18. The woman named Folly is brass. She is ignorant and doesn't know it. She sits in the doorway at the right, at the heights overlooking the city. She calls out to men going by who are minding their own business. Come in with me, she urges the simple. To those who lack good judgment, she says, Stolen waters is refreshing. Food eaten in secret tastes the best. But little do they know that the dead are there. Her gifts are in the depths of the grave. Amen. You know, I'm going to read today's study from uh, Mark. It says, Four able young men could not reach Jesus because of the crowd. How much harder would it have been for one paralyzed man by himself? No wonder some people literally shouted for Jesus' attention. Matthew 20, 30-31. Some churches or Christians can be oblivious to needy people who need you. Even the disciples ignore little children. In some churches, if the crowd is too thick and too disinterested, a needy person may simply wander away. 
But it is not your job to get the whole church to change. Instead, your job is to be like the friend of the paralyzed man. The paralyzed man's disability moved his friend to action, and they brought him to Jesus. When you recognize someone in need, do you act? Many people have physical and spiritual needs you can meet. You can help someone by yourself, and better yet, you can invite others to join your human need. Move these four men. Let it also move you to compassionate action. Amen. Amen. From the Recovery Bible, we get this commentary on Leviticus chapter 1, chapter 2, and a little bit of chapter 3. The very first words of this book, the Lord call Moses, reveal a God who seeks out and initiates relationship with people. Similar words are found in Genesis 3.9. The same Hebrew word is used where it says, The Lord God called to Adam after he had disobeyed to offer him a way of recovery from his sins. Through God's instruction in Exodus and Leviticus, God provided Israel with more elaborate object lessons to remind them of how much he had done for them. God is still calling us today, offering forgiveness, hope, and restored fellowship with him. One of the ones that I enjoy very much is when I try to change my habits. Like for instance, the Lord, uh, I heard the Lord tell me, do not scratch your head. I had a habit of scratching my head like an insane person. And I catch myself and I have to say, I thank God I'm a misfit, Lord. I thank God I'm not able to, to discipline myself and learn. So that's the indicator the reminder when I'm scratching is to um, discipline oneself with God. I thank you. I messed up. I thank you. I forgot. So it keeps me in an open conversation with God and I'm getting better. <laughs> so that's the way a man disciplines himself by thanking God that I messed up. I am not my own. I belong to God. My actions in that format, they are. this is the temple of the body of Christ to fix it, exercise it, get enough sleep in it, nourishment properly, use words properly. Don't use destructive words because they, they come back and they eat us up. We've been told, do not let any evil, vile thing come out of your mouth. If you hear them, that's no problem. But it's what comes out that defiles a man. Jesus said that. One of you out there need to stop saying, I love, I love my wife to death. Boy, I, I would call the police on you. I love my kids to death. It's killing me. All this nonsense that comes from the evil spirit. <clears throat> if you trace it and you sense it, <clears throat> every once in a while that spirit will come on to me when I hear somebody say it. <clears throat> the little lyrics will get on my head, and then I say, hey, where's that coming from? Where do you, <clears throat> that is killing me? I trace it, and then, boom, I just shut it off with the word of God. Man shall live by every word that proceeds that is planted by the mouth of God. Listen up, folks. It's, we don't have that much time to get this lesson in our hearts and make a choice. Every time you mess up, thank God you messed up. <clears throat> That's the least you can do, guys. If you don't do that, then you're playing God. Oh, I can. You're, take, you're uncovering yourself from the recovery process. 
we are in the recovery process of learning and growing and enjoying and being excited and being happy of doing the right things. That's all I wanted all my life was to have a system where I could do the right things because it yearned in my heart to have power to do the right things. Amen. Not perfect, you know. Thank God, you know, we have things to do. <laughs> okay, moving on in verse 2 and 3 in Leviticus 1. Our voluntary acts of worship involving the free will of the individual. Well, God emphasizes the importance of committing our lives to him and provides ways for us to do that. We must choose to act. He does not violate anyone's free will. By actively refusing or passively ignoring a relationship with God, here we go, we are choosing life without God, God's help and hope. The choice is ours. Wow. By actively refusing or passively ignoring a relationship with God. Our problem should remind us of our relationship and commitment to God by thanking God that we messed up again. We can't seem to discipline ourselves. You know, so the best way is that, God, I thank you, I'm a misfit. I messed up on that one. I thank you, God. And when you do it about 10 times, you'll finally, before you do it, the Holy Spirit will remind you. Remember, you're going to say it, so why say it? How about if you don't do it? That's okay. That's how I stop my gambling, my jealousy, my complaining, my uh, sleeping in. I just needed to go to sleep earlier and get in the habit of going to sleep earlier so I can get up earlier. And when it's quiet, I can have a better time with you and with God and myself. Get more done. Amen. Doesn't work for everybody. I really encourage you to get as much sleep as you can, but please don't go to sleep late full of TikTok. Get filled with the Word of God by taking your nightcap, and that's reading John 14, 15, 16, and 17 to put you to sleep and wake you up with power. And you can go in hyper power if you read 1 John 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 in the New King James and just in the slower type Coupled with John 14, 15, 16, and 17, that is good manitolin. The next day you wake up feeling 17 again, full of enthusiasm, joy, and power. Try it. You'll like it. Amen. Okay, in chapter 2, verses 1, 4, and 14, the grain offering was to consist of fine flour or the first of the grain harvest in Leviticus chapter 2. As an animal without defect was required for the other offerings, so the best ones produced was to be offered here. God was reminding his people that he was worthy. I mean, he was the creator of things, of more than just the leftovers. He deserves the best they could offer. God wanted their undivided devotion. In recovery, we cannot entrust ourselves to God half-heartedly. We need to give ourselves wholeheartedly over to him, and his plan. The grain offering, sometimes called a cereal or meal offering, is the only offering described here that does not involve a blood sacrifice. This offering was made up of the most common daily foods. It symbolized that the offered has surrendered his whole life to God in recognition of all that God had provided. 
The recovery process often involves moving from an unhealthy over-dependence on substance or person to a healthy dependence on God. The commitment involves giving not only ourselves to God, the burnt offering, but also of the things of our everyday lives, the grain offering. Like our time, for instance. Or wisdom to run our lives so we can better study His Word and be of service and be of rest. Right? Amen. All right, here we go. More of Leviticus chapter 3. In ancient times, the fat portions of the animals were considered the very best parts. See? You run better on the fat parts. They last longer when we eat fat with our meat. As with other offerings, God asks that the choice parts be reserved for him. This is a clear reminder that we need to bring our best to God, committing our lives to him completely, no matter what the cost. Amen. We are told that peace offering would be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. God graciously established a way for the people to show their thanks and to give back some of the blessings he had bestowed upon them. Sometimes the way we live brings God a great deal of pain and causes separation from him. Our offerings of thanks to God are a special step towards reconciliation with him. They give him much joy. Reconciliation with God is an important step in recovering and leads towards a life filled with joy. The peace offering, sometimes called a fellowship offering, was brought to God as an expression of thanks for his blessings, healing or help in difficult times. The Hebrew word for peace, shalom, is a rich rich term that includes the idea of physical health, emotional well-being, spiritual wholeness, and materially prosperity, material, material prosperity. The person bringing the offering of thanksgiving was expressing faith and thanks that God had provided what was lacking in his life. It was an act of praise that God had restored him to completeness and harmony with both God and other people. How can we thank God for the peace he has brought into our lives? Wow. Amen. And that, folks, constitutes to our sobriety and our service and the unity of the love of the group. For instance, yesterday was cold and everything, and they had a lot of uh, children at the park, 9 a.m. meeting. I took coffee, put, took some chairs. A guy came with a cane that had busted his femur bone, and he sat down, had a cup of coffee. Up in age, has 42, 43 years in the program. And then the, the lady that was there, and I was very happy to be of service. You know, and we studied and we prayed and we had a meeting and we talked. Now, that's my sacrifice of praise to God, of thanksgiving. My actions, you see, that's my actions is my sacrifice of thanksgiving to God that I am so thankful. I don't wake up with a case. I don't wake up with a herpes. I don't wake up with slacerations or banged up car or and someplace that I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. Amen. And that's for that today. Now let's go check out the uh, New Testament where Mark, what has to say about Mark.
in chapter 1. And I apologize if I'm long-winded. I haven't done this in a while. In Mark 1, verse 29 to 212 says, let's see what the <clears throat> Recovery Bible has to say about that. It says, If Jesus, the Son of God, took time from his busy schedule to pray to his Father, how much more do we need to do so? By placing a high priority on prayer, Jesus could persevere in his ministry and keep from burning out. We who seek recovery for ourselves and for others cannot get by without prayer. The busier the day ahead, the more we need to meditate on God's word and pray for his strength and wisdom. Amen. Amen to that. The busier our day ahead, the more we need to meditate on God's word and pray for his strength and wisdom. Wow. I guess we have to recharge our batteries like the uh, the new batteries in the uh, in a drill, pull it out and put it in the charger so it will it will turn and turn and turn and go long. Jesus came not only to heal physical problems but also to solve the sin problem. If we do not know Jesus yet, we are paralyzed in spirit as powerless to help ourselves as was this paralytic we're out of batteries. If our faith is still too weak to carry us to the point of healing, well, that's an interesting statement. If our faith is still too weak to carry us to the point of healing, that's one of the reasons you want to park yourself. If your life is crazy, park yourself a half hour and put your feet on the grass and, and, and wait on God and just don't play with your phone. Put it away. And just give a, a chance for you to be reunited with your Father, with the earth, with your body, and with the, uh, the strength that comes from God, from the earth, your mind. It's a reset. Reset, guys. Our faith is still too weak to carry us to the point of healing, of proper speaking and acting. Then do that, please. The faith of friends may be enough to get us through. Notice that it was not enough for Jesus to mouth the words of forgiveness. He proved his authority and intent with action. In the same way, it is not enough for us to mouth words of faith. We must take responsibility action if we expect spiritual cleansing and physical cleaning. Amen. You know, I had a very interesting day yesterday, uh, very busy I'll share with you right now because it was it was one of the greatest days of my life of being in service. I got up early. I did some Proverbs reading, and I posted that here yesterday. And I, I do some the night before and post them. I love the Word of God. I wish I could do more recovery process, but it's like I... I I just can't help myself. I have to read God's word. And it's been like that for 40 years, ever since I was in an AA meeting. And I said, my, my friend said, if you take on Jesus, you'll be able to whip the devil alcohol. And I said in my heart, has it come to this? I said, I don't have anything to lose. Yes. I don't have anything to lose. See, God had to turn off the valve in every area of my life. He turned every valve off 
and I was barely hanging on to a job, barely had a little bit of confidence and direction, actually no confidence. I came in with no hope, no faith, no joy, no, no confidence, no believing, no trusting. I realized I was living in a garage with the mercy of my mom, with, with the mattress from hell. It had a, a spring that would cut me in the ribs. And I had to sleep like a snake to avoid it. And I would forget in the morning I wake up <clears throat> bleeding in the side rib where Jesus got pierced was a normal to me. Anyway, that's how I came into AA. And I forgot my point. Oh, yeah. And then I said, yes. I said, yes. Because at nine months after I'd been in AA and I stopped drinking and I got cleansed and I was able to pay attention and God got me physically uh, detoxed. I was, you know, I did it myself, sat on my hands. I sweated in the meetings and sat on my hands and I made a manly commitment. I will not drink. Actually, I was cornered by a lady in the uh, anti-abuse class that the judge sent me to in addition to AA. And she said, we've been watching you for the last three months. You've been doing the two-step in here, talking talking to talk and so forth, but not stop. We haven't, uh, we, we, she said, we haven't had you take the pill yet. But rather than having you take the pill, we'll just send you back to the judge. It's kind of like a Prop 36 or whatever back in the early 80s. And I stood up like a cow, cowboy, like a Boy Scout. And I said, and I saluted, lady, you got a program here. I commit, give you my word. I didn't say all that. But I commit to doing this program as a man. And boy, it was one of the hardest commitments I ever done in my life. Not to take the next drink. I almost got into a fist fight with my compadre. He came down to drink with a big, beautiful bottle of tequila, special brand, with another girlfriend for me to meet. And we almost got into a fist fight over that. I was trying to explain to a drunk what commitment made. <laughs> you don't do that. Don't be in a, a dance hall. I'm trying to do that without loud music. And then, I, you know, a couple other times, I became a bartender for New Year's for my first sober holidays. I don't recommend that. You have everybody around the bar table trying to make you drink. And I'm pouring drinks. The next thing was, was a skirt, like Dr. Bob says. There's a slip under each skirt. I was, I was in, a, I guess, the beach kind of like, and I had my son with me. I was divorced. And uh, one of my sons, and he was playing. He was playing with these girls, you know, and, and these kids, and they were getting along so good. So I, I started talking to the gals, and they looked pretty healthy to me. And uh, they said, "Hey, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese." So I said, "Yeah, let's take the kids." We would. So here we go. We ran in Chuck E. Cheese, and then somebody ordered a pitcher of beer. One of the girls did, and they go drink. I said, "I'm not drinking," and they poured it, and the three of them sat around me. And my son and then they were running back and forth and they were playing music. They were at that time they would play that music from uh, um, you know it was rock and roll music, you know, and it was hitting the soul. And my son was just jumping up. He'd come and drink soda and eat piece of cake and he'd go back with the kids and they're having fun and they're 
just living life, you know. And the, it was just loud music. It was just a happening at Chuck E. Cheese. And the girls are pouring that beer and drinking it, and they're bringing it to my nose and saying, mmm, smells so good. And I said, oh, my God, I'm getting close to a drink. I have my commitment, my commitment, and, the, and this short skirts and everything. You know what they were telling me? They were saying, if you drink this, you can have this. You can have the legs. That's what I thought. And then for a moment, I thought, I'm 27 years old. I'm full of testosterone. And, um, and what happened? Wisdom. God told me they're trying to make you buy drinks for them. They're a bunch of luscious. And then the light went on. I go, hey, they're working the room. They're experts at this. They get a guy all fizzed up, and then he just starts buying drink and drink and drink with his pride and ego. And I, I saw that. I said, nope. <laughs> So I didn't get any, I didn't get any, even though the lady said, one of the girls said, well, I'll meet you at such and such gas station. I'll be there. Folks, sad to say I waited a couple hours. <laughs> they didn't have no sense to go home, right? Duh. Best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, thank you, God. I forgot what I was talking about. Anyway, uh, let's see if there's any more reading on this. Recovery Bible. I hope I made my point clear. Nope, that's all. Thank you so much. And now it's been, uh, I have, I'm going on 29 years of sobriety. I might as well finish the story. I passed my test when I went back to see the, the, uh, the judge because he's the one who sentenced me. I was so happy. I was I was on cloud nine. I had I had got an association with God. I was forgiven. I was just beaming with joy because now I had faith, hope, laughter. I was enjoying my job. I was helping out. I was smelling good. I wasn't all bleeding no more. I had money in my pocket. I was well-dressed. And I went, <clears throat> and everybody was just, it was just fun. And I went to the judge in Almani to show him that I got all my court cards and I got my certificate from the uh, $600 uh, Anibus school. And in addition to that, I went and got my GED. I got a chemistry. I got a C in chemistry for it. And I got into air conditioning and I wanted to be air conditioned. I got into mechanics and a lot of things were happening. I bought a house, bought a Mercedes Benz. All this thing came from the power of the AA group for me being being almost hopeless with all my dreams down the drain and then AA pumped me up like a like a air balloon you know they they pumped me up and the judge slapped me with a $3500 fine can you imagine what the what my report said, my DUI report said, the Highway Patrol wrote on it, severely punished this man. And uh, and the judge did. <laughs> In the early 80s, that's why today I said, let's go to Hawaii. 3500 bucks, no problem. Instead of giving it to the courts, let's give it $80, $100 a dinner plate. Ah, let's do it, baby. We can, we can afford it. 
Life is good. I love you all. Thank you for listening to me, to my recovery story. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you and smile on you, approve all your ways. And when you do something wrong, just thank him and praise him. Remember, his love is available, his laughter. Don't take yourself too seriously. All is well in heaven. Heaven tells us that all is well is here. You know, devil's defeated by the blood of the lamb. We got him made in the shade, folks. This is our father's world. This, these are our father's ingredients. Let's bless them and enjoy them. With God, all things are possible. Take care, family. I love you. Stay. From the Recovery Bible, we get this commentary on Leviticus chapter 1, chapter 2, and a little bit of chapter 3. The very first words of this book, the Lord called Moses, reveal a God who seeks out and initiates relationship with people. Similar words are found in Genesis 3.9. The same Hebrew word is used where it says, the Lord God called to Adam after he had disobeyed to offer him a way of recovery from his sins. Through God's instruction in Exodus and Leviticus, God provided Israel with more elaborate object lessons to remind them of how much he had done for them. God is still calling us today, offering forgiveness, hope, and restored fellowship with him. One of the ones that I enjoy very much is when I try to change my habits. Like, for instance, the Lord, uh, I heard the Lord tell me, do not scratch your head. I had a habit of scratching my head like an insane person. And I catch myself, and I have to say, I thank God I'm a misfit, Lord. I thank God I'm not able to, to discipline myself and learn. So that's the indicator, the reminder when I'm scratching is to... Uh, discipline oneself with God I thank you I messed up I thank you I forgot so it keeps me in an open conversation with God and I'm getting better <laughs> so that's the way a man disciplines himself by thanking God that I messed up I am not my own I belong to God my actions in that format they are. This is the temple of the body of Christ to fix it, exercise it, get enough sleep in it, nourishment properly, use words properly. Don't use destructive words because they, they come back and they eat us up. We've been told, do not let any evil, vile thing come out of your mouth. If you hear them, that's no problem. But it's what comes out that defiles a man. Jesus said that. One of you out there need to stop saying, I love, I love my wife to death. Boy, I, I would call the police on you. I love my kids to death. It's killing me. All this nonsense that comes from the evil spirit. <clears throat> if you trace it and you sense it, <clears throat> every once in a while that spirit will come on to me when I hear somebody say it. <clears throat> the little lyrics will get on my head and then I say, hey, where's that coming from? Where do you... <clears throat> that is killing me. I trace it and then boom, I just shut it off with the word of God. Man shall live by every word that proceeds that is planted by the mouth of God. Listen up, folks. It's, we don't have that much time to get this lesson in our hearts and make a choice. 
Every time you mess up, thank God you messed up. <clears throat> That's the least you can do, guys. If you don't do that, then you're playing God. Oh, I can. You're, take, you're uncovering yourself from the recovery process. We are in the recovery process of learning and growing and enjoying and being excited and being happy of doing the right things. That's all I wanted all my life was to have a system where I can do the right things because it yearned in my heart to have power to do the right things. Amen. Not perfect, you know. Thank God, you know, we have things to do. <laughs> okay, moving on in verse 2 and 3 in Leviticus 1. Our voluntary acts of worship involving the free will of the individual. Well, God emphasizes the importance of committing our lives to him and provides ways for us to do that. We must choose to act. He does not violate anyone's free will. By actively refusing or passively ignoring a relationship with God, here we go, we are choosing life without God. God's help and hope. The choice is ours. Wow. By actively refusing or passively ignoring a relationship with God. Our problems should remind us of our relationship and commitment to God by thanking God that we messed up again. We can't seem to discipline ourselves. You know, so the best way is to say, God, I thank you, I'm a misfit. I messed up on that one. I thank you, God. And when you do it about 10 times, you'll finally, before you do it, the Holy Spirit will remind you. Remember, you're going to say it, so why say it? How about if you don't do it? That's okay. That's how I stop my gambling, my jealousy, my complaining, my uh, sleeping in. I just needed to go to sleep earlier and get in the habit of going to sleep earlier so I can get up earlier. And when it's quiet, I can have better time with you and with God and myself. Get more done. Amen. Doesn't work for everybody. I really encourage you to get as much sleep as you can, but please don't go to sleep late full of TikTok. Get filled with the Word of God by taking your nightcap, and that's reading John 14, 15, 16, and 17 to put you to sleep and wake you up with power. And you can go in hyper power if you read 1 John 1, 2, 3, 4, and 5 in the New King James and just in the slower type couple with John 14, 15, 16, and 17. That is good manitolin. And the next day you wake up feeling 17 again, full of enthusiasm, joy, and power. Try it. You'll like it. Amen. Okay, in chapter 2, verses 1, 4, and 14, the grain offering was to consist of fine flour or the first of the grain harvest in Leviticus chapter 2. As an animal without defect was required for the other offerings, so the best ones produced was to be offered here. God was reminding his people that he was worthy. I mean, he was the creator of things, of more than just the leftovers. He deserves the best they could offer. God wanted their undivided devotion. In recovery, we cannot entrust ourselves to God half-heartedly. We need to give ourselves wholeheartedly over to him and his plan. 
The grain offering, sometimes called a cereal or meal offering, is the only offering described here that does not involve a blood sacrifice. This offering was made up of the most common daily foods. It symbolized that the offered has surrendered his whole life to God in recognition of all that God had provided. The recovery process often involves moving from an unhealthy over-dependence on substance or person to a healthy dependence on God. The commitment involves giving not only ourselves to God, the burnt offering, but also of the things of our everyday lives, the grain offering. Like our time, for instance, or wisdom to run our lives so we can better study his word and be of service and be of rest. Right? Amen. All right, here we go. More of Leviticus chapter 3. In ancient times, the fat portions of the animals were considered the very best parts. See? You run better on the fat parts. They last longer when we eat fat with our meat. As with other offerings, God asks that the choice parts be reserved for him. This is a clear reminder that we need to bring our best to God. Committing our lives to Him completely, no matter what the cost. Amen. We are told that peace offering would be a special gift, a pleasing aroma to the Lord. God graciously established a way for the people to show their thanks and to give back some of the blessings He had bestowed upon them. Sometimes the way we live brings God a great deal of pain and causes separation from Him. Our offerings of thanks to God are a special step towards reconciliation with Him. They give Him much joy. Reconciliation with God is an important step in recovering and leads towards a life filled with joy. The peace offering, sometimes called the fellowship offering, was brought to God as an expression of thanks for His blessings, healing, or help in difficult times. The Hebrew word for peace, shalom, is a rich, rich term that includes the idea of physical health, emotional well-being, spiritual wholeness, and materially prosperity, material, material prosperity. The person bringing the offering of thanksgiving was expressing faith and thanks that God had provided what was lacking in his life. It was an act of praise that God had restored him to completeness and harmony with both God and other people. How can we thank God for the peace he has brought into our lives? Wow. Amen. And that, folks, constitutes to our sobriety and our service and the unity of the love of the group. For instance, yesterday was cold and everything, and they had a lot of uh, children at the park, 9 a.m. meeting. I took coffee, put, took some chairs. A guy came with a cane that had busted his femur bone and he sat down had a cup of coffee up in age has 42 43 years in the program and then the, the lady that was there and, and i was very happy to be of service you know and we studied and we prayed and we had a meeting and we talked now that's my sacrifice of praise to god of thanksgiving my actions, you see, that's my actions is my sacrifice of thanksgiving to God that I am so thankful. I don't wake up with a case. I don't wake up with a herpes. 
I don't wake up with slacerations or banged up car or in some place that I don't know. I don't know where I'm at. Amen. And that's for that today. Now let's go check out the uh, New Testament where Mark, what has to say about Mark in chapter 1. And I apologize if I'm long-winded. I haven't done this in a while. In Mark 1, verse 29 to 2, 12 says, let's see what the recovery Bible has to say about that. It says, if Jesus, the Son of God, took time from his busy schedule to pray to his Father, how much more do we need to do so? By placing a high priority on prayer, Jesus could persevere in his ministry and keep from burning out. We who seek recovery for ourselves and for others cannot get by without prayer. The busier the day ahead, the more we need to meditate on God's word and pray for his strength and wisdom. Amen. Amen to that. The busier our day ahead, the more we need to meditate on God's word and pray for his strength and wisdom. Wow. I guess we have to recharge our batteries like the uh, the new batteries in the uh, in a drill, pull it out and put it in the charger so it will it will turn and turn and turn and go long. Jesus came not only to heal physical problems but also to solve the sin problem. If we do not know Jesus yet, we are paralyzed in spirit as powerless to help ourselves as was this paralytic we're out of batteries. If our faith is still too weak to carry us to the point of healing, well, that's an interesting statement. If our faith is still too weak to carry us to the point of healing, that's one of the reasons you want to park yourself. If your life is crazy, park yourself a half hour and put your feet on the grass and, and, and wait on God and just don't play with your phone, put it away. And just give a, a chance for you to be reunited with your Father, with the earth, with your body, and with the, uh, the strength that comes from God, from the earth, your mind. It's a reset. Reset, guys. Our faith is still too weak to carry us to the point of healing, of proper speaking and acting. Then do that, please. The faith of friends may be enough to get us through. Notice that it was not enough for Jesus to mouth the words of forgiveness. He proved his authority and intent with action. In the same way, it is not enough for us to mouth words of faith. We must take responsibility action if we expect spiritual cleansing and physical cleaning. Amen. You know, I had a very interesting day yesterday, uh, very busy. I'll share with you right now because it was it was one of the greatest days of my life of being in service. I got up early. I did some Proverbs reading, and I posted that here yesterday. And I, I do some the night before and post them. I love the Word of God. I wish I could do more recovery process, but it's like I. I I just can't help myself. I have to read God's word. And it's been like that for 40 years, ever since I was in an AA meeting. And I said, 
My, my friend said, if you take on Jesus, you'll be able to whip the devil alcohol. And I said in my heart, has it come to this? I said, I don't have anything to lose. Yes, I don't have anything to lose. See, God had to turn off the valve in every area of my life. He turned every valve off and I was barely hanging on to a job Barely had a little bit of confidence and direction. Actually, no confidence. I came in with no hope, no faith, no joy, no, no confidence, no believing, no trusting. I realized I was living in a garage with the mercy of my mom, with, with the mattress from hell. It had a, a spring that would cut me in the ribs. And I had to sleep like a snake to avoid it. And I would forget in the morning, I wake up <clears throat> bleeding on the side rib where Jesus got pierced was a normal to me. Anyway, that's how I came into AA. And I forgot my point. Oh yeah, and then I said, yes. I said, yes. Because at nine months after I'd been in AA and I stopped drinking and I got cleansed and I was able to pay attention and God got me physically uh, detoxed. I was, you know, I did it myself, sat on my hands. I sweated in the meetings, sat on my hands, and I made a manly commitment. I will not drink. Actually, I was cornered by a lady in the uh, anti-abuse class that the judge sent me to in addition to AA. And she said, we've been watching you for the last three months. You've been doing the two-step in here, talking, talking the talk and so forth, but not Stop. We haven't, uh, we, we, she said, we haven't had you take the pill yet. But rather than having you take the pill, we'll just send you back to the judge. It's kind of like a Prop 36 or whatever back in the early 80s. And I stood up like a cow, cowboy, like a Boy Scout. And I said, and I saluted, lady, you got a program here. I commit, give you my word. I didn't say all that. But I commit to doing this program as a man. And boy, it was one of the hardest commitments I ever done in my life. Not to take the next drink. I almost got into a fist fight with my compadre. He came down to drink with a big, beautiful bottle of tequila, special brand, with another girlfriend for me to meet. And we almost got into a fist fight over that trying to explain to a drunk what commitment made. <laughs> you don't do that. Don't be in a, a dance hall. I'm trying to do that without loud music. And then, I, you know, a couple other times, I became a bartender for New Year's for my first sober holidays. I don't recommend that. You have everybody around the bar table trying to make you drink. And I'm pouring drinks. The next thing was, was a skirt, like Dr. Bob says. There's a slip under each skirt. I was I was in, a, I guess, the beach kind of like, and I had my son with me, I was divorced, and uh, one of my sons, and he was playing He was playing with these girls, you know, and, and these kids, and they were getting along so good. So I, I started talking to the gals, and they looked pretty healthy to me. And uh, they said, hey, let's go to Chuck E. Cheese. So I said, yeah, let's take the kids. We would, so here we go. We ran in Chuck E. Cheese. And then somebody ordered a pitcher of beer. One of the girls did. And they go drink. I said, I'm not drinking. 
and they poured it, and the three of them sat around me and my son, and then they were running back and forth, and they were playing music. They were At that time, they would play that music from, uh, um, you know, it was rock and roll music, you know, and it was hitting the soul, and my son was just jumping up. He'd come in and drink soda and eat pizza, take it, and he'd go back with the kids, and they're having fun, and they're just living life, you know. And the, it was just loud music. It was just a happening at Chuck E. Cheese. And the girls are pouring that beer and drinking it, and they're bringing it to my nose and saying, mmm, smells so good. And I said, oh, my God, I'm getting close to a drink. I have my commitment, my commitment, and, the, and this short skirts and everything. You know what they were telling me? They were saying, if you drink this, you can have this. You can have the legs. That's what I thought. And then for a moment I thought, I'm 27 years old. I'm full of testosterone. And um, and what happened? Wisdom. God told me they're trying to make you buy drinks for them. They're a bunch of luscious. And then the light went on. I go, hey, they're working the room. They're experts at this. They get a guy all fizzed up, and then he just starts buying drink and drink and drink with his pride and ego. And I, I saw that. I said, no. <laughs> so I didn't get any. I didn't get any. Even though the lady said, one of the girls said, well, I'll meet you at such and such gas station. I'll be there. Folks, sad to say I waited a couple hours. <laughs> they didn't have no sense to go home, right? Duh. Best thing that ever happened to me. So thank you, God. I forgot what I was talking about. Anyway. Uh, let's see if there's any more reading on this recovery Bible. I hope I made my point clear. Nope, that's all. Thank you so much. And now it's been, uh, I have, I'm going on 29 years of sobriety. I might as well finish the story. I passed my test when I went back to see the, the, uh, the judge because he's the one who sentenced me. I was so happy. I was I was on cloud nine. I had I had got his association with God. I was forgiven. I was just beaming with joy because now I had faith, hope, laughter. I was enjoying my job. I was helping out. I was smelling good. I wasn't all bleeding no more. I had money in my pocket. I was well dressed, and I went and I, and everybody was just it was just fun. And I went to the judge in Almani to show him that I got all my court cards and I got my certificate from the uh, $600 uh, Anibus school. And in addition to that, I went and got my GED. I got a chemistry. I got a C in chemistry for it. And I got into air conditioning and I wanted to be air conditioned. I got into mechanics and a lot of things were happening. I bought a house, bought a Mercedes Benz. All this thing came from the power of the AA group for me being being almost hopeless with all my dreams down the drain and then AA pumped me up like a like a air balloon you know they they pumped me up and the judge slapped me with a $3500 fine can you imagine what the 
What my report said, my DUI report said, the highway patrol wrote on it, severely punished this man. And, uh, and the judge did. <laughs> In the early 80s, that's why today I said, let's go to Hawaii. 3500 bucks, no problem. Instead of giving it to the courts, let's give it $80, $100 a dinner plate. Ha, let's do it, baby. We can, we can afford it. Life is good. I love you all. Thank you for listening to me, to my recovery story. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you, and smile on you, approve all your ways. And when you do something wrong, just thank him and praise him. Remember, his love is available, his laughter. Don't take yourself too seriously. All is well in heaven. Heaven tells us that all is well is here. You know, devil's defeated by the blood of the Lamb. We got him made in the shade, folks. This is our Father's world. This, These are our Father's ingredients. Let's bless them and enjoy them. With God, all things are possible. Take care, family. I love you. Stay.